Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring, winning story, an empowering, motivating, winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, what's up guys? Coach Chase C here. Uh, welcome back to fitfirstresponders.org. This is FFR Online, and man, I'm super stoked today. We got some exciting content for you. We got an amazing guest uh, here in the studio, but before we do go there, um, I do want to remind you that um, if, if you're here today, you are, chances are you're probably one of the finest, the bravest, the toughest, the baddest first responders in the nation. Uh, you know, if you're listening, that you are my hero, um, and you know that we get into the four pillars to ultimately be fit for duty, fit for life, focus, fitness, food, and family. And today we're going to talk about really what does it take to be fit for duty and and ultimately what is fit for duty mean to you? So before we do dive in, man, I got something for you exciting today and this is something we do uh, at FFR uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma and also with FFR online. You know I'm a big mindset guy, just like you train your body, you can train your mind. So we we got our guest uh, staring at me today. He hasn't done this with us here in the studio yet, but he's done it out at the facility. Man, we're going to say a winning confession that we're going to start today on this podcast for all of our listeners from here on out. And why do we do this? Because sometimes you got to speak things that you may not believe. And I talk to first responders every single day that really don't believe they are the hero, that they are the finest, that they are the bravest, the toughest, the baddest out there. So this is my winning confession for you today. And we're going to start this on every podcast from here on out. So I I want you to, wherever you're at, just repeat after me. Here we go, baby. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. And last but not least, I am fit for duty. I am fit for life. Man, that winning confession is on FFR Online, and I just challenge you, when you don't feel it, print that off, post it somewhere, say it every single day, and know that you are the heroes right here in the great USA. So today, let's get right into it. Man, we got an unbelievable guest in the house. Man, I'm honored and privileged to have this young man, I should say, in my life, uh, a great partner and friend of uh, FitFirstResponders.org, FFR Online. And today, I'm joined by Mr. Chuck French, the District Chief with Tulsa Fire Department. If you don't know where Tulsa is, man, we are in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're country out here. So uh, you can listen to his accent and then listen to my Jersey accent and, and you tell us who has a better accent. But without further ado, let me please introduce you to Chief himself, Mr. French. How you doing, boss? I am great. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing excellent. Man, we are honored today to have you in the studio. Man, and I always like to start off every podcast with giving you an opportunity. I could sit here and talk about you all day, man, and the great things you do for the city of Tulsa and how you are one of my heroes 
shows. But I just love, I would love the listeners just to uh, get a little insight of who you are, where you came from, uh, you know, how'd you become a, a chief at, at, at a fire department? Uh, just talk to us, man. The, the, the show's yours, boss. You bet, man. Uh, great to be here with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to come and speak to some of your listeners and, and really kind of provide the message of Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. Uh, first of all, I'm Chuck French. I'm a Tulsa native, been here for years, 42 years old. I know you call me a young man, but I guess that's still young in some books. Uh, been a Tulsa native, like I said, my whole life, living in Owasso now. And uh, I, I became a Tulsa firefighter because I like to serve people. I have a servant leader attitude, and uh, I believe that's something that's instilled in me that God gave me. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, my whole life, I've been in the uh, service career. I've been a lifeguard. I've been in the Marines. Uh, I've done uh, numerous things. And the fire department's what I landed on and what I love to do. So it's something that defines who I am in a way, but also it's something that is driven in me to really serve others and help others in our community and to make them better and to be there when they need us. So from a fire department standpoint, I love serving others and I love helping the community. Man, that's amazing. And you did say something key in there. I mean, I don't, I don't know what everybody else heard, but I heard lifeguard, yes. like Baywatch style. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. Uh, here at uh, in Tulsa, we have a large water park and I was a lifeguard there for four years. And, and in fact, that's how I became a fireman. I was actually approached by firemen that were out there after being a guard for four years. And they're like, hey, what are you going to do with your life? I didn't know. I really wanted to be a school teacher. And uh, that kind of led to the fire department. So you're rescuing people out at the water park. Now you're rescuing people out of fires. Sure. Come on, man. <laughs> that's cool. That's intriguing. I didn't know that about you. And I was a lifeguard growing up on the Jersey Shore. Awesome. So, so we that's got that cool. commonality, man. All day. That's awesome. Yeah, we could go watch the Baywatch movie together coming sure. out in a couple of years. So uh, anyway, man, hey, let's dive right into it, man. I appreciate you sharing uh, some of that with us. And, you know, here, here's a question I want to get into today is we talk about focus and fitness and food and family, the four pillars. And of course, we throw in their faith, you know, and, uh, you know, we never want to offend anybody. You know, I always say this to the listeners, man, you know what we stand for, what we're about at FFR and what faith means to us. Um, but at the same time, I think what's most important today, I want to hear from you, man, what does fit for duty mean to you? And here's what I mean, not, not the program, not our program, but ultimately being fit for duty as a firefighter. Why is that personal to you? Because you, uh, our, our listeners can't see you right now, man, but I've seen you uh, make a huge transformation. You got arms, you got, you know, the pecs, the shoulders, you looked apart too, but you can perform as well. And, and why is that important? And you talk to us a little about what fit for duty ultimately me ultimately means to you as a firefighter. Well, ultimately, it's what the community expects. There's an expectation. I am paid as a firefighter. I am paid as an insurance policy, basically for people, because when they call, they're having probably the worst day of their life, or they need help, and it's an emergency situation, and they expect someone to show up that has the physical attributes to take care of their situation. They're not looking for someone that doesn't take care of themselves. They're not looking for someone that's not healthy or fit. They don't want to see someone else struggle. They want to see someone come and help fix their problem. And I feel like that's part of being my, in my career, being a professional, is that's one of the caveats of being a firefighter. My ex, The expectation the public has for me is to be fit for duty. And so for me as a leader in the Tulsa Fire Department, as a district chief, one of the ways that I, I lead is to lead by example. And so to do that, you need to be fit for duty. If I have that expectation of my people, I need to show that in my performance. I need to show that in my work ethic. I need to show that as part of my professionalism. So for me, that's part of why uh, being fit for duty is so important. And then also just the personal aspect of it. You know, you talk about those pillars. Those pillars have helped me so much. And I really like the fact that I've seen a lot of personal growth from those. So not just being fit for duty at my job, but being fit for duty at home and helping my family and helping with relationships within my own personal life. It's been really good. 
Man, that's amazing. You you hit on some key things. And, you know, one of the things that you hit on is, of course, the fit for duty at home, the, the fit for life, the, the second part of our tagline, uh, you know, uh, all of our family members out there for, uh, you know, FFR online, um, fitfirstresponders.org, they know that it, it doesn't stop at being fit for duty, that our vision and our goal and, you know, what God has put on our heart is obviously you guys uh, are the real heroes. You put the badge on every single day, um, but it's not a secret that there's a lot of first responders out there that are losing in other areas and you know when we got this vision to serve uh, you that serve us every single day um, the fit for life part is huge and I think you know just seeing on on social media on uh, local here in Tulsa on the website I mean we're starting to see that first responders need that and they want that they want to understand how do I become a better dad and and husband and and yeah the physical's great and I'm performing on the on, on, on the job but but what about spiritual and physical and mental and emotional and relationships and financial and that's why when we hit on the fitness pillar we never stop at just the physical you know that we always talk Absolutely. about what are you doing physically yes but are you the best the best version of you and if you're here in country Oklahoma you say uh, be your best I don't say it like that but that's how my man Mr. Rhodes says it be yeah. your best better all y'all <laughs> all y'all so um, man we're going to talk about that and we would love to have you on other segments and yeah. you know I want to stay with the fit for duty today and some major Yates said uh, you know with um lawofficer.com, he said something that, that was crucial, and I want to hit on this for a second, see what your thoughts are. He said, man, for me, fit for duty is being at peace of mind. Peace of mind that I am physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm ready to do the job. And I was never a first responder, but man, I've been blessed and privileged to be coached to a lot of first responders, and I'm honored. And man, I couldn't imagine. I did some of the training with you guys, and that was an amazing day out at, out at the Fire Academy here in Tulsa. And man, just what we went through, I couldn't imagine being out of shape just physically. And be, you know, the call comes through, and you got to fight a fire. And what's going through your mind if you're overweight and you're not physically ready to run up? Are you thinking like, wait a second, can I do the job? And I mean, what's your thought on that? I mean, because I know a lot of first responders around the nation, everybody's academy and the standards different. So you see, you know, in different cities, some first responders, the standards raise higher when they get out of the academy, others it's not. That's why we created what we do. But talk to me about the overall fit for duty component, physical, mental, emotional. Where's it end? Where's it start, man? Well, and, and it's it's good you're bringing those things up because it doesn't really it doesn't really stop anywhere. Both all of those components kind of inter, intertwine together. And and I, the reason I say that to kind of get back to the beginning of what you're saying, uh, firefighter fatalities every year we lose around 100 firefighters. The number one killer of firefighters: heart disease, heart attacks, cardiac arrest. Okay, that's unacceptable. Uh, we could fix that simply by having people that are physically fit and fit for duty showing up and doing their job. The other part part of that that you talked about was really that physical component. You said you went out to the training center. I'm sure they geared you up, put you on SCBA. Oh, man. They let you come and do some of the activities we do, pull some hose, shoot some water, maybe see some fire. Uh, when you do that, and, and I know some of my brothers and sisters out there will probably be mad at me for this one, but there's a lack of competency there and there's a fear. And so they try to cover that fear when they're not fit for duty. Okay, what, how can I get around this obstacle that I've created myself within my physical fitness? That, and that becomes part of that mental game. That mental game, you're not mentally ready to take the challenge on that you're really designed and you're you're being paid to do. So for me, looking at those components, you know, if they're not physically fit, then I know they're not on their game. And so that physical and that mental is tied together uh, whenever they show up on a scene. Uh, I agree with you 100%. We have some great uh, physically fit uh, responders in the, in the city of Tulsa mm -hmm. and, and around the country. However, we also have some that uh, 
academically, we don't have very physically fit dudes and guys and gals. They come in, they uh, they do the minimum standard that's required for their community or their department. And when they do that, uh, they feel like they have reached all the requirements that's needed. And then they plan on doing a 20 year uh, job without very, with very little physical fitness and very little mental game in mind. So I think that it's very important that we have uh, first responders really accept that the expectation of the public and the expectation of your crewmates, relying on a crew member, just thinking about someone. If I look over at a guy and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not sure that he's not more of a hazard to me going to this scene or going into this house fire. He may create his own emergency within an emergency, which is really makes things complicated. So for me, fit, being fit for duty and, and taking care of ourselves is really a professional standard we need to meet. Man, that's you said amazing things in there. I just want to take a few steps. But first of yeah. all, let me start by saying this. Were you there when we were out at the training academy? I was not. I was not. Oh, man, you so. look so much better in your form than I did, man. I mean, <laughs> everybody's like, you, you make a pretty fire. I'm like, what? I'm not uh-huh. a firefighter. But I've seen you in your uniform, man. You fill it out nice. Um I heard you say something, don't be the weakest link. I think that's important because a lot of times, sometimes we we can't find the motivation for ourselves. And we, we, you know, life hits, we all have life, the business of life. And you got to choose sometimes, well, am I going to go exercise or maybe spend time with my kids or go eat? And and I see you every single week, make the sacrifices to do whatever you need to do to show up and physically and mentally prepare. And I, I speak all over the country. And for me, I know without a doubt when I'm not prepared, and not, this isn't anymore, but when I was younger, getting into professional speaking, for me to be confident and step on the stage, I was so confident when I was prepared. When I wasn't prepared, I didn't know my, 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 my speech as well as I know I should have, and you're not as confident. So, man, I was getting up and, and, and talking. You know, you guys are entering dangerous situations. And I think if you're listening today, you know, we want to challenge you a little. I think what Chief said as a leader, um, you know, as a chief, if you're listening, I don't know what ranking you're at. I, you might be a rookie. You might be a driver. You might, you might be a chief out there. You might be, uh, you know, a captain. I'm not sure where you're at, but wherever you're at, as a leader, I think it's important to set the example. And we respect and honor you because you do that every single day. So if you're a leader out there and you could be a leader, at any position, I'm going to challenge you. What are you doing to make the people around you better? Because what you said is crucial. Maybe you're not going to do it for yourself right now, Chief, but what about your crew members? Do you want to be the weakest link and, and maybe have to be the one that gets out of the building? but your teammate doesn't get out of the building and then you got to be the one to go tell your teammate's family or spouse or kids, man, he didn't make it today because I wasn't physically or mentally prepared. Man, and you know everything we do at FFR, we walk in love, but I got to be real. I mean, that's that's got to be a sensitive subject and you know, sensitive. do not be the weakest link. And as a leader, man, what do you have to say about that? As Anybody listening, the listeners out there in any city across you know, the USA, I mean, as a leader, uh, just some leadership and what they need to do to ultimately carry their weight as a crew member. Sure. I, you know, as a leader, I think you have to set that example, like I said earlier, and I think you got to do that by being willing to participate don't expect them to do something you're not willing to do. Even if you're an older guy, at least get out there, perform physical fitness with them if you can. And if, if, if it's not with them, it's on your own. Make sure that they're seeing you do that every day as an example. Uh, look at your eating. Look at how clean you're eating at the station, whether it's good or bad. Hey, 
I'd be sitting here lying to you if I told you I hadn't had a piece of cake in the last few months and enjoyed some things at the station. I do that, but I also understand the principles of what we've been taught through your program. Hey, that's okay. Get right back on track. Make sure that 80% of your meals are clean and keep working forward. You know, it's really sad and you bring this up. Um, I've been reading and I try to stay up on the current uh, issues that's in the fire service and we have lots of them. Uh, one of the things I'm seeing across the nation, there are firefighters in communities right now that serve a community and they are fighting their cities because their cities want them to take physicals, medical physicals. They don't want to do it. And that's, that's really, to me, that is just reprehensible of that department. Uh, and they'll call me and text me later on this, I'm sure. But it's a service that you should be willing to provide for your community. Hey, are you physically fit? I want to take care of your firefighters. I want to make sure they're, they're ready to respond. And yet we have firefighters out there in organizations that are trying to stop uh, their cities from understanding or knowing their physical condition. And that goes back to what you're saying is that middle game, that mindset and being ready to respond on a fire and not being that weakest link. We're going to extremes to cover up people and their health when we should actually be going the other direction and ex ex really showing them what the right thing is and how we should be performing. And we should be willing to do those physicals anytime. I think we should be wow. able to go out and do things anytime that our city asks us to do it. Because wow. ultimately the customer is our citizens and Absolutely. our citizens have that expectation. So Man, that's good. I didn't know that. And you, you did throw out some stats earlier. Do you, do you have any, any other stats off the top of your head? Because we've, we've obviously dug pretty deep into that and we've had conversations about, you know, everything from suicide to heart attacks to, you know, obviously you guys do work so hard and, you, yeah. and it's not a secret if you're a first responder out there you are working with the end game in mind obviously you're yes. serving your city but there comes a time where you're going to retire right absolutely and we've talked to so many first responders that have said man my friend or my colleague or or somebody said my mom or dad or somebody that was a first responder didn't get to enjoy their pension because they weren't around long enough after yes do you have any statistics off the top of your head that you <sighs> could throw out there it i don't have any solid statistics but i can tell you from personal experience and i can also tell you there's a big movement right now they're looking at cancer rates right now in the fire service. Uh, those are things that we may or may not be able to prevent uh, our personal protective equipment that we wear every day. Uh, there are some things we're doing now in the fire service, you know, cleaning our gear, making sure our stuff is taken care of, making sure we're getting screened, screened for cancer and those things. But on that, um, there, there are lots of things that uh, fire service, uh, when you're talking about the middle game, we're seeing a lot more PTSD in the fire service. Uh, a lot of people are looking at what we do, and I, I don't compare it anywhere to being a veteran. Uh, I think our Iraqi, Afghanistan veterans, uh, I was a Marine, still a Marine uh, by my ethos, but you know, we have people out there that are seeing things on a regular basis and they don't know how to deal with it and it affects their personal life. And if they don't have an outlet, some someplace like, like your uh, organization, Fit First Responders, to come to and get a good positive message every day to understand that people care about them, that people want to see them do well, then we see a lot of people struggling with that. And that often leads to suicide rates. And so we do have some of those issues that are arising in the fire service today. Uh, to give you some solid stats on that, I, I'd be doing you a disservice because I just don't know right now. But I do know those are relevant things that are going on right now in the fire service nationwide. Wow, man. And you know what you said, um, you know, a couple things in there, you look at certain diseases and if you really look and dig deep, there's so many of those things that are preventable. Obviously we mentioned some cancer and some things that might be causing that, but obviously most of those things are preventable. You know, suicide, you know, the best antidepressant medication you could have is exercise and nutrition Absolutely. and a community. That's what FFR is, a community of relationships, people to iron sharpens iron, yes. just as another brother sharpens another brother or sister. Um, so we're, if you're out there today and you're a first responder, man, we don't want you to be a 
statistic. You're a hero. You know, the cancer, the obviously the cortisol levels and all that stuff that we'll talk about down the road, uh, the stress levels. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden you're going from taking a nap or laying down to jumping up. And obviously that messes with your body, the PTSD, but you have stuff like suicide. You have stuff like diabetes, high cholesterol, blood pressure, all of obesity, all of yes. those things are preventable with exercise and nutrition. And that's one of the reasons that this program was created because it's not a secret. There are a lot of first responders and you know, and not as many jokes in the fire department, but you heard of growing up and still to this day, I don't hear them as much, but when people always joked about police officers eating donuts all the time and as sad as it is, it is true. You know, so our heart goes out to you. If you've, if you've gone through something or you haven't had a team to say, hey, we care enough about you that we're not always gonna tell you what you wanna hear, but you need to hear. And that's what me and Chief French are here today to tell you that we care enough about you at FFR, my friend, that we're not going to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And you need to hear that you are not born to be average, mediocre. Uh, you're not born to be a statistic. It's time for you to rise up and start to be above, not beneath. And that promotion you're believing for, you can have it. That body you're believing for, you can have it. You know, the, the, the relationship, the financial state, you could have those things that you desire and deserve. And um, you said something I want to correct you on because okay. I think you said this kind of joke jokingly, because you're looking at me, but you said your program. And you know it's not my program. You know it's our program. And Chief French knows this um, because he takes ownership of this program. He takes a lot of pride in this program. This is our program. This program was never created for me. It was never created for uh, my needs. It's created for first responders. And if you're out there right now on this website, if you're out there and you're part of FFR Online, fitfirstresponders.org, this is our program. It's guys like Chief French that make this what it is to take his time and continue to sow seeds um, in the life of our first responders. Um, I do want to give you a moment right now, you know, I was, as we do wrap this up, um, to say anything you want to say. I mean, uh, there's listeners out there that, you know, obviously are at the website for maybe a year. They might've been here, you know, for, for a month. It might be their first day. And we've built a community like no other community out there for first responders because of guys like you, chief. And, uh, if there's a first responder out there that's on the fence that's saying, man, well, well, well should I do this? Should I not do this? This could kind of weird. I, I, online. I'm going to work out. And, you know, I don't want to be a part of that community thing. And man, obviously we have focus, fitness, food, and family and the pillars have worked in your life, but give us a quick testimony, man, results driven, what this program has done for you. And then some motivational word of empowerment to maybe help somebody out there that's listening, that's kind of on the fence and, and not sure if they could do this. So talk to us about some results, man. I, I've seen you transform and you're winning more in life. Give us some numbers, brother. Okay. Well, you know, in order sometimes to be critical of others, you have to have been in their spot and I've been there. I've been there. Um, and and I, I want to go back to when we first met, uh, you came to our station, you came to my district, you said, Hey man, I'm trying to bring this new program. Uh, you brought coach Jaime along with you. Uh, you guys were motivating, you guys were high powered and high energy. And I told you I'll do everything I can to help you. I introduced you to a few folks, but I did not take the step myself to join your first phase of the cycle that you were putting out. It was the second phase that I had to come to. And the reason I did that partially was because of where I was at physically. Physically, I knew I was not ready. And I had that feeling of fear of, you know, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to expose myself to all my other teammates and all my other crew members, and they're going to see what I am right now. And uh, so from that, I kept seeing great results from other firefighters that were in my district. They were coming in, you know, hey, man, I've lost 10 pounds. I've lost 15 pounds. I'm eating, eating cleaner. This program's really awesome. And it, it motivated me. And then Terry uh, Sividon, one of your uh, other guys, it's one of our our, our, uh, our better performers at the, at the uh, gym, he said, man, 
I want you to come in. We're going to start a new cycle and I'm going to pay for your first month. And I said, man, how can I deny myself this opportunity? So I showed up, you know, the first uh, week, I'm not going to lie to you. It was tough. I puked a couple of times. I, I had some, uh, you know, some moments there, but I knew this is where I belong after listening to you, after listening to the coaches and the motivation they gave us. And, uh, when I started November one of last year, I weighed 244 pounds. Today, I weigh 213. I've lost 31 pounds. Come on, lean to me. I could be leaner probably. And I know you're looking at me going, yeah, you could. But uh, I have done uh, something that I feel like has, has really lifted my spirits. When I came in mentally, I wasn't where, mm. where I should be, uh, especially as a leader. Uh, and now my mental focus, my mental game's better. My food is better. Uh, I'm doing those things. My faith has gotten better. The, the constant message of, of uh, being a good Christian and, and having those Christian principles in my life, getting in the word, all those things have have developed and become better. So my my thought to those that are listening is this, no matter where you're at, I don't care where you're at. I don't care who you are. If you're thinking that you need to improve your life in some way, come to the gym. Uh, and if you can't come to our gym, Come to a gym in your community. Find one that has good people that are willing to coach you and motivate you and do it today. Don't wait because you think, well, I'm not ready yet. I did that. Don't do it. Get in there and do it. And just really, and and I guess the word I would use is synergy. The synergy of the gym and, and the community that you have with the people there and the, and the friendships you make will really uplift your game instead of just doing it on your own. So get in there, get in there today and make yourself a better person for your community, for your organization and for your family. All day. Drop the mic. You heard it right there from my main man, Chief French. That was amazing. Man, we're going to wrap this podcast up. Again, we're going to have you on more to talk about some of the meat and potatoes behind, you know, how did you really make a transformation and what you did mentally and physically. Um, but again, I hope you heard it from Chief French today that we are challenging you if you're out there and you're a firefighter, you're a first responder in any agency, man, to do your part. You know, uh, carry your load. Do not be the weakest link. Um, and he also invited you out. You know, obviously, you can join FFR online today, uh, $20 a month donation to the foundation, but your first 20 days are absolutely free. Why do we do that? We want to get you in the community. We want to love on you and we want to show you a little what we're working with um, and how we could help you be the best version of you. And ultimately, like Chief French, our hero here, uh, our Marine, our chief on the Tulsa Fire Department, how he ultimately became fit for duty. And then also, as you heard him say, fit for life. Um, so once again, as a listener, we want to thank you out there. If you tune in today to this podcast, man, take some time to share it with a brother, a sister out there, another first responder that you think uh, it could help and get over to FFR.org. Um, if you are not already, um, get out there to FitFirstResponders.org. If you're in Tulsa, come visit us, come check us out. We love you guys. And uh, once again, focus, fitness, food, and family, your four pillars to ultimately be fit for duty and fit for life. This is Coach JC, and we'll get at you next time. Thanks again, Chief. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for 